G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. Coming up today on The Story. For me, Australia is like heaven in a way comparison to India, you know. I slept on concrete floors, just concrete floors, you know, and stuff. So God prepared me from the beginning for, I guess, missionary work, you know. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I can eat any kind of food. I can sleep in any conditions, you know. (laughs) So praise God for this wonderful opportunity to serve Him in this region, in this area, you know. The Story. G'day, I'm Jimmy Colfax. Welcome to The Story. Well, Surendra Wesley was raised in an orphanage in India, and now the Lord has led him to be a pastor in Outback Australia, in the only church for 200 kilometres. In between, Surendra has been on quite an international journey. We'll hear his story today as he has a chat with Shelley Scowen. Tell us about what it was like being raised in an orphanage in India. What what led to you actually, you know, going into the orphanage? Uh, my mom passed away when I when I was very young, and we were about six people, six uh, all together in our family, three brothers and three sisters. And so my father, we were quite poor. My father couldn't really support us. Uh, he had to go out for work, and all the children are left alone at home. So um, he decided to actually give us. Uh, to the orphanage so that we can be better looked after and better supported yeah. uh, financially and uh, physically as well. And that orphanage was run by three American ladies from uh, America, and uh, it was one of the best things that I have ever come across uh, in our life. I mean, they gave us biblical teaching from the start and the good discipline and good morals and good values and stuff. Mm-hmm. And uh, so in every way, it was wonderful. Actually, it was a, really one of the greatest uh, beginning for me in my life actually that happened was in the orphanage. What a wonderful testimony because I don't think there would be that many kids around the world that would describe, you know, being brought up in an orphanage as the best thing that ever happened to them. Uh, true, true, you're right. <laughs> what a wonderful blessing for you. Absolutely it was, yeah. Yeah. And, uh, was your dad um, a Christian or d- any other religion? Uh, no, he was a Christian. He, uh, uh, he was a second generation Christian. So my grandfather was converted into Christianity by a Methodist minister from uh, Canada. And so he named him Wesley, actually. And so my grandfather named my father John Wesley. <laughs> and uh, so <laughs> I'm, I'm the third generation uh, Christian in my family. But uh, I think as far as um, being born again Christians or nominal Christians, you know, I'm not sure. Uh, we grew up in, in the village, and there was no church at all, uh, a population of 10,000 people there, I think, and uh, only three Christians, uh, three Christian families were there, two of my uncles and my fathers. And so it was, uh, I never went to church until we went to the orphanage. So our uh, Christian teaching and everything started actually in the orphanage, but my mother also used to teach us some Christian songs and stuff uh, when we were quite little. Wow. I a few of those, yeah. And... Uh, 
actually, you know, by the grace of God, I was the first person from the orphanage uh, who was able to go to the States and go to that church who has been solely supporting this orphanage for more than 50 years. And I had the opportunity to meet them and preach uh, the Word of God uh, there and share my testimony. Uh, and so it was a wonderful blessing, actually, for them to see me, a full-grown product yes. uh, from that orphanage. And it was wonderful uh, for me and a blessed opportunity for me to see them who have been faithfully actually supporting this orphanage for more than 50 years. And so the orphanage is still going these days? It is still going, but yeah. they had to stop taking uh, children, uh, actually. Now they are they operate as boarders, you know. Right. So uh, they take school kids, uh, very poor families, you know, who cannot support financially their children into the school. Yeah. So what they have done, they go to the villages and they advertise that, look, we are available uh, to will give your uh, children education uh, free of charge. They can live and they can eat here uh, when the school is running. And during holidays, they can come back to you uh, for vacation and stuff. Right. And, and the reason they have done that, because uh, in, uh, American people are not able to get permanent visas to come and serve in India. And so... They, yeah, I mean, so there, I mean, there were three ladies in the beginning when I was there, but two of them passed away, and one still there, and now they get six months visa if a new person wants to come, so they come for six months and then they have to go back, and mm-hmm. so it's a difficult thing for them to um, keep doing that, you know. Yeah, 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 yeah. So it's, it's still there. Often it's still there, still operating in in, in some ways, but they're not taking any orphan children as such. I'm sure it's still doing a wonderful work though, just like you say, you describe it was so wonderful for you. So when you, I guess, aged out of that orphanage, you went to a uh, a town near Delhi and uh, you got a diploma there. That's right, that's right, because orphanages, what they do, they um, feed you, they train you, they they send you to school. We had an orphanage, we had the school up to grade 10, and then uh, they had the hosp- they had the, they had the hospital there, and they had their own produce they grow there. Wow! And yeah, so they have uh, half of the town was employed by the orphanage, you know. Uh, and so they ha- they have their own electricity generator and stuff because in Indian towns and villages, if the power goes off, it goes off for like weeks before it comes back again. Oh wow! Yeah, so they they had great facility for for us uh, uh, kids there actually. And uh, and they support you if you want to become a doctor. They will support you to do that. They financially they will be committed, and they will support and everything. That's so great. Whatever basically you want to do, you show your grades in the school, and they will help you uh, to become engineer or doctor or anything. You know. Yes, yeah, so very supportive. Very supportive. Yeah. So you got your diploma in electronics. I got my yeah diploma in electronics, and uh, then I went to seminary. Seminary actually gave me a scholarship, so I did my seminary there. And uh, then after that, I joined uh, Covenant Players uh, in yeah. '95. Uh, Covenant Players actually uh, is the uh, is the organization that was started by an American man who used to be a Hollywood Paramount movie producer and director, and uh, he was a Presbyterian man. And he felt that God was calling him to start this ministry. So he started this ministry under the name of Covenant Players because he made a covenant with the Lord that if you keep providing people for this ministry, I'll keep writing the plays. And uh, because this ministry is, uh, we don't get salary or anything, 
we only get like maybe $20 a week stipend. Wow. And so it was hard for people actually to come to such a, an acting or, you know, a ministry base that has only 20 bucks a week, you know. Wow, so yeah. he made a covenant for the Lord. And uh, hold on behold, God was providing people. And at one time, all over the world, they had five international bases. And uh, they had about 600 people all together all over the world who were going into different countries and proclaiming the gospel message through the means of drama. And the man has written over 3,000 plays, and uh, he has written on thematic basis as well because he focused, if uh, we are going into schools, then he has focused uh, on writing on the themes like uh, bullying, peer pressure, self-esteem, uh, drug abuse, sexual abuse, those kind of things. And uh, if we're going to churches, he has written uh, 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 doctrinal, he left the doctrinal stuff of uh, denominations and he only focused on simple gospel message. And uh, if we're going to nursing homes, he has written lots of comedy, comedic plays, mm-hmm. and uh, military bases, communication works, workshops out there. So a lot of material that he has written and his plays uh, range from two seconds to say like three hours, you know, it depends how much uh, time we get from the churches or the schools. And accordingly, we designed a uh, tailor-made program for schools or churches, you know. Wow, and, what a great uh, ministry. Yes, yes. And it was, uh, it, it thrived. It started in 1963. Uh, but now I, I think uh, it is not that much because um, I, think, I, I, I think that most of the schools nowadays have their own drama uh, going on there kind of thing. So the number has gone down quite a bit, but they're still operating, still existing, and uh, still doing God's work, I believe, you know. And uh, so I had this wonderful opportunity, and I joined them in Australia. I came in 95 and served with uh, served the Lord with Covenant Prayers for about 10 years, and five years in America and five years in Australia. And uh, after that, I, I came back to India and... Uh, so, yeah, this was about, this is what Covenant Players says. They're still operating, yeah. So you went to Sydney in 1995 to join Covenant Players. You were there for about five years, went to the USA and served there for about five years with Covenant Players. Yeah. And then back to India. What did you do in India? Um, actually, when, when I came in 1995, I, was, I came only for two years. Oh, okay. And then I went back for three months. Then I came back again for another two years. And then I went back again to India for three, four months, and then I came back another. You just couldn't decide where you wanted to live. <laughs> yeah. Well, did you miss your curry think, too think, much, or what's the story? No, I, think, I think the visa uh, situation was a little bit like that at the time. Right, uh, yeah. So uh, they wanted me to apply for permanent residency, and I, said, I thought that, well, I'm not sure right now uh, if I want to do that. So they said that you'll have to go back and then reapply, so I did, and come back again kind of thing. And then, so I, I, this is my eighth time that I came to Australia. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm still not an uh, Australian resident, so maybe this time I think we will apply for permanent residency. <laughs> <laughs> it's a good place to live, really. Oh, <laughs> you can join yeah. us. <laughs> yeah, and then, uh, so after, five, uh, yeah, after, after that, I mean, I, they said that, well, you've been with us for five years in Australia. We would like you to go to America headquarters. And uh, served there, what do you think about it? And I said, oh, that would be wonderful. So I went in 2001 to America and uh, served with them for about five years there. And then I came back to India, and then 
I joined actually one of the call centers again in India and uh, working as a uh, internet service provider for AT and T. Okay. Yeah, and so I worked for about six or seven months there, and then I, of course, I didn't like it, so I went back again to join Cabernet Paris again uh, in 2007. I came, yeah. and this is when I met my wife. Aha! <laughs> this is when the story gets interesting. We love a good love story. <laughs> yeah, that's right. And, <laughs> and, and uh, I met her in July, and we got married in in uh, October. Whoa! <laughs> so it was pretty quick. Wow. And I, said, and I said to my wife, look, if you know for sure in your heart that I'm the one, and uh, so pray, and if you don't know, let's go back and pray and see God's will. And once we know that in our hearts and minds, then why waste time? And yeah. why give opportunities to temptation and stuff? Let's go ahead and do this. So we both agreed. We both married. And by the grace of God, it has been now seven and a half years that we're still married. That's <laughs> awesome. You're listening to The Story. Today, Shelley Scowen is chatting with Surendra Wesley, who's the pastor of Mount Magnet Presbyterian Church in Western Australia and was born and raised in India. We'll have more of his story when we return. The Story. If this program has highlighted something you'd like prayer for, we'd love to pray for you. Call 1-800-PRAY-FOR-ME. That's 1-800-772-936. It's a free call. Or text 0401 132 888. Hi, I'm Jimmy Colfax and this is The Story. We're back with more of Shelley Scowen chatting with Pastor Surendra Wesley, who grew up in an orphanage in India and now lives and ministers in Outback Australia. Before the break, we heard how Surendra met his wife from New Zealand. Now we'll hear more about the next chapter in their lives as they decide to move to India to pursue a Masters of Divinity degree together. So you got married in 2007 after an extremely short engagement. You were working in a bakery at that stage and then you went back to India with your wife, both studying a Master of Divinity at the same time. That would have been interesting for you and uh, financially it was a bit of a struggle, wasn't it? Yes, it was actually. So we were sent by one church, the church that we used to attend, and they said they can only afford uh, to give us uh, about 500 rupees together for my wife and I as a pocket money uh, per month. And 500 rupees uh, would be probably about 4 or $5. Oh, wow. And uh, in that, we had to actually survive and do everything. And it's amazing that how God actually looks after you and takes care of you. And uh, the promises that he has in the Bible says that I'll never leave you nor forsake you. And he provides all your needs. And still to this day, when we look back, we both are surprised and we marvel that that 500 rupees actually turned into, a, I think, two or three or 5,000 rupees every month, I guess, the way it happened, you know, because we always had toilet paper, we always had toothpaste, we always had toiletries that we needed and stuff. And with $5, you can imagine how can you buy toilet paper, toothpaste, shampoo, conditioner, and all other toiletries that you need. But people used to put money into our uh, pigeonhole and in our mailbox and stuff, and we never knew. I Still, we don't know to this day who it was and stuff. But uh, amazingly, my wife and I, we used to actually sit together and say, okay, we have this much money put in our mailbox, 
and okay, this is the tithe we have to give to God. And okay, we only need this much, so let's we have one dollar left. Let's put into somebody else's that we know that may use that money and stuff. Oh wow! So it was it was kind of like circulating that way, and it was amazing. And another interesting thing, my wife and I we were both in the same class, and because she's a Kiwi, she has a little bit different accent than normal. <laughs> uh, you know? They're unusual, and, those Kiwis. <laughs> <laughs> I can say that because I'm married to one too. Yeah, that's right. And so in the class. Uh, the Indian uh, professors and teachers, if my wife opens her mouth to ask anything, they will look at me for translation. Really? And this seminary was English medium. So every teaching that is going on is all, everybody's speaking English. And so I said, I will say to them, and I said, well, she's speaking in English, you know, answer her. Don't look at me. (laughs) But because of her accent, they couldn't follow her. So I had to translate, you know, what she was saying in English. (laughs) Wow. So wow. it was interesting, yeah. But no, it was fine, And but she was always ahead of me, actually, in tests and exams and stuff. And uh, But we had fun studying together and yeah. stuff, sharing things together. Unfortunately, but, you couldn't finish your degree together, though, because she got really sick because of the food. Her body wasn't used to having Indian food. And that is correct, yeah. It was first time ever for her to come to India, and uh, she was not used to the food and stuff, but because we had money restrictions, we didn't have enough money to actually buy food that was appropriate for her. So she got quite sick, and and so she had to actually leave to go to New Zealand. Uh, But by the grace of God, I mean, I continued and uh, finished uh, my uh, degree. Mm -hmm. And um, finally, when she, uh, she will come every year, uh, spend Christmas with me. And Mm -hmm. um, she got a job as well, so she could afford that. And uh, then she came, and in 2013, when I graduated, uh, she came back, and uh, she, in my last semester, she was sending from New Zealand because we both wanted to adopt a baby girl from India. Right. And she was sending me, you know, pack, package of diapers, package of the baby clothes <laughs> and stuff, and, uh, you know, and all this mail is coming and packages are coming uh, to me in seminary, and uh, everybody knew us. And they said that, is your wife pregnant? And I, and, and I said, no, she's not. Uh, and they were saying that, well, she's been there for two years and you've been here, so uh, I hope she's not pregnant. <laughs> <laughs> and so we said, no, no, she's not pregnant, but uh, we are planning to adopt, uh, you know. And uh, they said, oh, do you know the baby? And I said, well, no, we don't. We're just praying and we're hoping that God will bring in the right time, you know. Yeah. And uh, she came to India on 16th of um, uh, December. And we had a little vacation together, and we spent Christmas, and we got the phone call from our nurse that we knew uh, in, from the hospital that uh, they had a baby, and uh, this couple didn't want it because it was uh, a girl, and they already had three girls in the family. Wow. And so we said, oh, we'll, we'll have her. So I went, and because we didn't want it, parents to know that my wife is from uh, other country otherwise you know they will ask money for money and stuff yeah and so uh, i went and nurse uh, through nurse we did the transaction and they signed the papers and the stuff and make it official and we got the baby she was only 18 hours old when we got her wow and now she's two and a half and uh, you know she has been a great blessing to us and uh, yeah, so it has been really amazing. And then now my wife is pregnant and expecting in August. Yay! So that's yeah. So that's another one on the way, and yeah. we are really excited. 
and uh, serving here. And we love uh, Mount Langlet, a small mm-hmm. town, 7,800 people are there. But yeah. the town has got everything in there. And uh, we just love our work and love the ministry. And uh, when we started here, actually, nobody was coming to church. But by the grace of God, within four months, I think 15 to 20 people are coming. Wow. And, yeah, and so it's been a great blessing and great encouragement. And the PIM people that we're working for, uh, the ministry, I mean, lovely people, you know. Um, you know, ladies from uh, Geraldton, ladies from uh, Mura, uh, they called us up and they said that, oh, you're doing a great job. So we had the 70 bucks. We've been praying and we collected $70. Please take your wife for dinner or something. And see, uh-huh. small things like that coming and they encourage us quite a bit, you know. Yeah. I mean, money is not the thing, but it's the thought. It's the thought, yeah, absolutely. You know. So we've been blessed, and, and God has been encouraging us and uh, through all these tiny, tiny things, you know. And, uh, yeah, so we're very excited and very, and very blessed, and we really thank God for everything that he has given us, honestly. Um, it is, uh, for me, uh, Australia is like heaven in, in, in a way comparison to India, you know. Mm. India, if you compare it, I slept on concrete floors and, uh, you know, just concrete floors, you know, and stuff. So God prepared me from the beginning, you know, for, I, I guess, missionary work, you know. <laughs> <laughs> That's one way to look any, at it. <laughs> yeah, I can eat any kind of food. I can sleep any in any conditions, you know. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so praise God. And, and I think praise God for this wonderful uh, opportunity to serve him in this region, in this area, you know. Yeah. 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 And it is a great ministry that you've got there. Uh, one mm-hmm. of the things I thought was unique was that in training for this position, uh, of course, you've done all your years of Bible college and things. But uh, one of the things you had to do before you took up this position was uh, go for a course in how to do four wheel driving. That's, That's right, something exactly. different. Absolutely. Yeah. They prepared us well, actually, you know, and uh, yeah, they prepared us how to drive on the uh, in the water, if it is water there. Yeah. And how to drive in the sand. Uh, how to take the tire pressure down when you're driving on the sand and then back it up and stuff. Yeah. And uh, all these kind of things and mud and all those sort of things. So they trained as well, actually. And first aid and, and all the rest, too. Yeah, first aid training as well. If a uh, snake bites you or a spider bites you and stuff, well, you know, keep all those things in, in, in the four-wheel drive so that you can, you know, apply that and stuff. So, yeah. That is some comprehensive training from the Presbyterian Church. That is impressive. Absolutely, absolutely, yeah. (laughs) I love that. And what a great ministry. I mean, you can hear the the passion and the enthusiasm in your voice, and you're just grateful for the opportunity to serve God there in Mount Magnet. Oh, absolutely, absolutely, yeah. Yeah, yeah. that's wonderful. So you're the pastor there. Um, You also do some chaplaincy in the school. Yes, uh, um, the Mount Magnet District High School didn't have a chaplain. And uh, when principal actually applied, uh, nobody wanted to come to Mount Magnet from city area and stuff, you know. So when she heard that I was coming as a pastor here, uh, she got a hold of my boss and she requested, she said that, could you please allow him uh, to be a chaplain for a couple of days in the school? We need a chaplain in our school really badly. Nobody wants to come and stuff, you know. And uh, so my boss said that, oh, per- no problem, that would be fine. And they thought that it would be a perfect opportunity for me to get familiar with the town people through children. And uh, it would be wonderful for uh, to develop uh, Mount Magnet area uh, and develop the church. Uh, so they allowed me to do that. So 
uh, through youth care. Youth care trained me to be a chaplain. I had to go through a couple of uh, interviews and stuff. Uh, One was psychiatrist analysis. They did that whether I was... Say no, not, yeah. Awesome. And, uh, yes, a couple of interviews and stuff. And, uh, uh, of course, by the grace of God, I had all the theological training that they required and stuff. And, uh, yeah, so three three days of training. And uh, they gave me, uh, they they commissioned me, actually, as a chaplain. And now two days chaplaincy in in Mount Magnet, yeah. That's great. So what a great ministry you're able to have there with the teenagers and uh, the all ages that come to the church as well. Absolutely. Um, a great way to reach out into the community, like you say, and um, and really be a part of these families. And that's right. Good that's to exactly see. Right. Yeah. 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 And two days also I go out into the remote station areas and visit those uh, big uh, station farmers and stuff yeah. and uh, try to introduce myself and be friends with them and develop a good friendship and relationship with them. And, uh, you know, when the time comes, I guess, when we have good relationships established with them, probably share the gospel and pray with them and invite them to come to church if they'd like to, you know. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's, that's great. A long shot, yeah. Yeah. So you've got your daughter, you've got another child on the way. Yeah. How exciting is this phase of life? It is, it is. And what a blessing in, in, in a way. I mean, we, my wife and I, we didn't think that uh, we will, um, she will ever get pregnant because we've been married for seven years and no pregnancy yet. So, you know, and we accepted that. We said, Lord, if this is what your will is, fine, no problem at all. And I guess, uh, you know, when I think when we came to that conclusion, she got pregnant. <laughs> God has a sense of humor like that, doesn't he? <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> And it doesn't happen for everyone as well. But, yeah, it's one of those things, hey, that God just blesses where he sees fit. That's exactly right. Yeah. Yeah. What a wonderful blessing for you to have your two children, one adopted, one um, surprise. Absolutely, absolutely, yeah. And that's so wonderful. Thanks for taking some time to just tell us about your very interesting life. You can see the hand of God on your life from the privilege of being raised in that orphanage in India as a child uh, through to God just leading you literally all over the world in your travels and meeting a wife in a random country and all of that and now starting this ministry together. It's exciting and we're excited for your future. So thanks so much for spending some time with us today. Thank you. Thank you for this opportunity. That was Shelley Scowen chatting with Surendra Wesley, who's a pastor in Outback Australia and was born and raised in India. And in between, as we heard, he's been on quite an international journey, following the Lord's leading on many interesting adventures. One of them, he mentioned, was being part of a travelling drama team, and that was a ministry started by a former Hollywood director and scriptwriter. The ministry is still going, and it's called Covenant Players. Their website is covenantplayers.com. Dot org. That's covenantplayers.org. Also, to find out more about the church that Surendra is currently the pastor of, it's called Mount Magnet Presbyterian Church, and it's part of Presbyterian Inland Mission. Their website is pim.org.au. That's pim.org.au. Well, thanks for joining us for Surendra's Story. I'm Jimmy Colfax, encouraging you to share your story with someone today. The Story. The story. Just another way vision is connecting faith to life. 
This program is a production of Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, see vision.org.au.